Good morning and welcome to our service today. So thankful you've chosen to be with us. We are glad that Maggie Ann has brought her new little sister with her today, Maggie Lynn. And we congratulate Corey and Missy on uh, the birth of their new little girl. And I know all of the grandparents and aunts and all the whole family are, are proud that she is here and that she's actually able to be here with us at Midway today. We're glad that you're with us as well, and we want you to know that you're always welcome here at the Midway congregation. There was a man by the name of David Murray. He set out to survey some books uh, dealing with happiness. We just got through singing a song just a moment ago, uh, Sing and Be Happy, but but he looked at such books as The Happiness Advantage, uh, the book Flourish, uh, also the book uh, uh, Optimal uh, Functioning. And he said that there was something that was common, he at least found something common in all of the books that he surveyed, and it had to do with thankful people. And he said that each one of them, those books that, that talked about happiness and, and people who were able to function and flourish in this life, he said that they were thankful people. And he said that there were some things that were also in common and things that he pointed out from each one. And I want to share a few of those with you this morning. He said as he looked through these, he said some of the things that he found are these. He said that consistently grateful people are more energetic, emotionally intelligent, forgiving, and less likely to be depressed, anxious, or lonely. Uh, he said, here's another thing that he found. He said, when researchers pick random volunteers and train them to be more grateful over a period of a few weeks, they become more happy and more optimistic and feel more socially connected, enjoy better quality sleep, and even experience fewer headaches than others in the control groups. And so, again, there's some advantage that's there. Uh, number three, he found gratitude encourages moral behavior and helps people cope with stress, trauma, and adversity. These are some of the things that, that these researchers have found. And he goes on and says that it also inhibits negative comparisons with others and pushes out and replaces negative conditions. Uh, again, as he surveyed these books, he says, when we express our gratitude to others, we strengthen our relationship with them. That's another finding that he had. And then not only that, but he found this. He says, thankful people feel more physically healthy and spend more time exercising. And then last of all, he says this. He said, studies show that consistently grateful people are happier and more satisfied with their lives. Now, if you think about all of those things put together, it, it simply points to one thing. We need to be thankful. We need to be thankful people. There are advantages in, in our own physical lives and in the relationships that we have with other folks that, that point to the fact that, that people need to be thankful people. And you know that this week we're going to be celebrating what we call Thanksgiving in our nation. We, we do that on the fourth Thursday, and, and it's this Thursday, and we'll have some turkey, and we'll have some dressing, and we'll have, you know, some other kinds of things like pies and things like that. And, and then we'll go and, and sit down in the recliner or somewhere, and we'll take a nap, and we'll just be really thankful people, won't we? 
Well, there's more to being thankful than eating turkey and dressing, and there's more to being thankful than, than taking a day off. We really and truly need to be thankful people. It, there is some advantage to that for us. And there are some things that, that we need to think about this morning. You know, of all people, Christians ought to be thankful. Really and truly, for sure, we ought to be thankful folks. For example, when we think about Christians, we have a Savior who died for us, who was willing to give His life for ours to, to make it possible to have a hope of eternal life in heaven. And, and what, what is not to be thankful? What, what should we not be thankful for in that? Uh, of all people on the face of the earth, Christians ought to be thankful folks. But we also know that God wants us to be thankful, don't we? We know that. I don't have to tell you that. We're going to look at a few verses this morning that just to reinforce that fact, but, but we know God wants us to be thankful. Look at this one in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Now, we'll just look at the latter part of it. He says, With thanksgiving let your request be made known to God. Notice that idea of thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 15. Be thankful. Colossians 3, verse 17. He speaks about giving thanks to God. And then in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, uh, chapter 5, he speaks about verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances. The passage is uh, listed wrong at the bottom there, but give thanks in all circumstances. You know, we can multiply those this morning that, that talk about thanksgiving, but as we look at it, we know that God wants us to be thankful people. I don't have to stand here and argue that point with us today. But I do want to think about two thankful people today. And the first one that we'll talk about is this one. We know that Jesus himself was thankful. As Jesus journeyed this earth, as he spent 33 years here among the people of the earth, we know that there are specific examples of Jesus and the fact that he was thankful that he would give thanks to God. And we'll look at a few of those this morning and think about them and see what it means to us. What are some of the things for which Jesus was thankful, though? As you think in your mind about the life that Jesus lived here on this earth, and you think about the passages that you read in the Word of God, and you think about all of the things that are taught there, what are some of the specific things that, that the Bible says that Jesus was thankful for? If we can identify some of those, then perhaps we'll know that there's some things in our life that we need to be thankful for, and some of them are quite obvious to us. In the first place, we know that Jesus gave thanks for food. Well, when you go to passages such as the one in the book of Matthew chapter 15 at verse 36, the Bible speaks about Jesus and he took seven loaves and he took uh, some fish that were there from, uh, that was gathered from the crowd and the Bible says that he broke them and he gave thanks and he gave thanks. Having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and the crowds ate and they took up basket loads of food. 
That's not the only time that the Bible says that Jesus gave thanks for food. When he, when he fed the 5,000, when he fed the 4,000, he, he prayed. He gave thanks to God for the food that they were about to eat. Let me ask you a question this morning. Why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus give thanks for the food that, that he was about to eat? Well, we know that the food came from a certain place. Where did it come from? Well, it came out of the crowd. It came from a little boy. It came from, from somewhere. But do you remember what Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 11? The Bible says when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he taught them to pray like this. One of the things he said, you're to pray to our Father who art in heaven. One of the things is, give us this day our daily bread. You see, Jesus gave thanks for the food because he knew the real source. The real source was God. Well, it's not going down to Walmart's and Supercenter and, and going to the shelf. Walmart, Sam Walton, none of the Walton family, none of the stockholders, they're not the real source of the food. Winn-Dixie is not. I don't care where you go. Even if you go to your own pantry, because you have grown it in your garden and you put it in the, you know, you canned it or you go to your freezer, you're not the real source. You may have worked hard to get it, but the real source is God. And so we need to remember that. We always are thankful for gifts that are given to us. God is the giver of all gifts that we have. He, he is the giver of every good gift that, that we have here on this earth. And so Jesus gave thanks because he knew that the food that these people and himself, that it was from God. But again, I'm not telling you something you didn't know. Sometimes we simply need to be reminded so that we, we can focus our mind in the right spot. Jesus gave thanks. My Lord, while he was here, as he walked this earth for 33 years, he gave thanks. But what did he give thanks for? He gave thanks for the food, the very sustenance of life that he had. And so should we. No wonder then, we often sit down and when we do, we have a prayer before our meal. Or maybe when we go to a restaurant, we'll sit in the car, sit in the bus, as we did uh, some of us this past Thursday when we, we took a little field trip and noticed some restoration sites around here. We, had a, we gave thanks on the bus for the food that we were about to eat when we went to the restaurant. We give thanks. Jesus gave thanks. Not only did Jesus give thanks for food, but Jesus gave thanks for answered prayer. Now this one, this one is something you really need to think about. Jesus gave thanks for answered prayer. If you have your Bible, look at John chapter 11, verse number 41. Jesus is standing at the, at the tomb, at the grave of, uh, of his friend Lazarus. The Bible says they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now if you're reading in that passage, if you have your Bible open, you'll know that Jesus is about to tell Lazarus to come out of the grave. But he hasn't done that yet. You see, Lazarus' dead body was still in the tomb. He was still dead. Uh, he had not been raised from the dead as yet. But Jesus, prior to that, prior to the time that he makes this statement, Lazarus, come forth, 
Prior to that, he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard my prayer. I thank you that you've heard me. You see, Jesus gave thanks that God heard. He gave thanks for answered prayer even before the prayer itself was answered. How often do we do this? How often do we think, well, if God does this thing, whatever it is, if God does that, then I will be thankful. You know, uh, we'll pray for, for someone to, uh, to recover from some illness that they have. God, if you, will, if you will help them to get well, then I will, and we'll fill in the blank, I'll be thankful to you, God, if you will. Be. Jesus didn't do it that way. You see, Jesus had faith in God that God would answer the prayer even before the prayer was answered. And we get it sometimes a little backward, I think. We, we are really saying when, when we make statements like, well, if God does this thing, then I'll be thankful to Him. We're saying, okay, God, I'll trust you when the answer comes. And, and so, in essence, we're saying, God, I really... I really don't. I want to trust you. I, I, I want to think that it's going to be true. I, I really want it to be that way, God. But if you will, let me see the evidence, God, before I trust you. You see, sometimes we need to check on our faith. We need to examine ourselves. You see, God has proven himself over and over, and over. And even in the day of Jesus, Jesus already knew he'd spent eternity with God, with his Father. And he knew the character of God. He knew that God was going to do the, the things that he promised. And he, when he prayed, he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard my prayer. You've answered my prayer. Even before it happened. The Bible speaks about asking things in the book of James, but we're to do that by faith. And he explains that sometimes our prayers are not answered because our faith is weak. It wasn't so with Jesus. He gave thanks, but he gave thanks for the answered prayer. He wasn't waiting to see if, the Lord, if his father would allow Lazarus to come back. He knew that the prayer would be answered. Now we could insert here the fact that sometimes God doesn't say yes to our prayers. Sometimes he answers our prayers in different ways than we might think. You know, the answer no is still an answer. When your children ask you to go do something and you tell them no, it's not that you haven't answered them. You just didn't answer them with the answer that they wanted to hear. It was no. Sometimes God says no, and that is an answer to our prayer because He knows best. He knows the whole picture. He, may, he sees the big picture. And sometimes no is best for us. Sometimes God will answer our prayer by saying, wait a while, it's not time yet. I don't work on your time schedule. And so just as we read about certain occasions in the Bible when 
when God would answer prayer, say in the book of Nehemiah, it would be months later when he would answer that prayer, he still answered the prayer. Sometimes God gives us something different than we ask for because he knows that that answer is better. Just because he doesn't say yes does not mean that he hasn't answered our prayer. And Jesus knew that. And thus he, he prayed and thanked God for the, for the answered prayer even before the thing happened that he was asking for on that particular occasion. Number three. Jesus was thankful for revealed truth. For revealed truth. Look at a passage with me. This one in the book of Matthew chapter 11 at verse 25, the Bible says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Now wait a minute. He's talking about truth and matters of truth. And the Lord said, Well, Father, I thank you that you've hidden them, but from a certain group, but that you have revealed them to others. Now, we could spend an entire lesson, we could spend an entire sermon in talking about the meaning here, but as William Barclay put it in his commentary, He said, here Jesus was speaking out of experience. The experience that the rabbis and the wise men rejected him and the simple people accepted him. The intellectuals had no use for him, but the humble welcomed him. Anyone who was humble enough to accept what God said, God had allowed his truth to be revealed to them. You know, sometimes people think that, that it takes a, a, a someone who is not very bright to believe in God. But that's not the, the case. It's really and truly not the, not the intellect of a person that causes him to either believe in God or not, but it's the willingness to accept God. By contrast to that, it's not the smartness that Jesus is talking about here that shut the gospel out. It was the pride of those who had uh, that earthly learning that would not allow them to accept that God uh, was giving them uh, a Savior in the form of Jesus Christ. And likewise, it's not the stupidity which allows the gospel in, but rather it's the humility that allowed it in. And so as we look at it, Jesus prayed and thanked God for revealed truth for those who are willing to accept it. The question for us this morning is this. Are we willing to accept it? Do we have a hard time with with the truth of God's Word? Do we we say it's not clear? Do we say that, hey, you know, I don't know if if that is, is really right? Well, perhaps we need to look and say, Am I the one who is willing to hear? The Bible is quite clear. It's simple. There are some things that are harder to be understood than others, but not impossible to be understood. But the problem sometimes lies is not in the lack of revealed truth. It's in the lack of an open heart, willingness to see it. 
Jesus thanked God. He was thankful for revealed truth. We need to think about that revealed truth and make sure that our life matches up with the revealed truth. Here's another thing for which Jesus was thankful. Jesus was thankful for his body and blood that was offered for our forgiveness. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, the Bible says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When you go back to the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read the account of the institution of the Lord's Supper, you'll note that he gave thanks for both the bread and for the blood. And Paul specifically speaks about here in 1 Corinthians simply the bread, but, but he gave thanks for the blood, Matthew 26, 27, and 28. The Bible specifically states that. Uh, was he just praying for the food that they were eating on that night? No, Paul makes it clear that, that he had something else in mind, and that was the fact that this bread and this uh, cup, that un, uh, fruit of the vine, that unfermented fruit of the vine that they were about to partake of, it was representative of what was about to happen to him. For the body and the blood given for us, the blood for the remission of our sins. You see, Jesus was thankful that he could come from heaven and be that perfect sacrifice. Something that no one before was able to accomplish. You see, the whole Old Testament was written for our learning. One of the things that we learn, and it's pointed out to us in the book of Galatians, is that school teacher, that Old Testament that brought us from the patriarchal age to, to the time that we are now, it, it made it clear that, that sin was a problem. And people had, a, had difficulty with it. And, and it taught us that perfection was an almost impossible task. Except, except for God and for His Son who was willing to come and to live and to die. And Jesus gave thanks for His body, for His blood, that He was able to accomplish what He set out to accomplish. He gave thanks for God's provision for His own sinless body and blood that made it possible for you and for me to be saved. What a prayer. What a thanksgiving. And folks, you know, if we learn anything from Him, one of the things we learn is we ought to be thankful for the fact that we have an opportunity to live forever with Him. Jesus was thankful for the body and the blood. Well, 
May I ask you this as we begin to wind our lesson down this morning? Why did Jesus give thanks? Why did he do that? Well, number one, as we think about it, Jesus gave thanks because it was commanded in Scripture. You know, when you go back to the book of Psalms, Psalm 100, verse 4, the Bible says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. You see, that was more than just some kind of pretty little statement that was made a long time before Jesus lived. It was more than just a song that was sung. It was something that God expected, a command, if you will. But when I turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, understand Jesus didn't come, the Bible says, to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He came to complete it. He came to, to, to make sure that everything was done. And he kept it perfectly. We've already mentioned that in this very lesson today. You see, if Jesus had not been thankful, he would not have been obeying what the Old Testament taught him to do. And so he did it because one reason at least was because it was commanded him. The same is true for us today. We're commanded to be thankful people. But you say, how can thankfulness be be commanded? How can people be expected to follow that? Well, you see, when we when our hearts are touched, when we have the right kind of heart, it melts, if you will, into that thanksgiving that God himself uh, made possible for you and for me. But it is possible for us to obey that command, and thus Jesus did. But then not only that, Jesus gave thanks because it honored God. It honors Him. Psalm 50, verse 23, The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. You see, the Old Testament, the psalmist said, The one who sacrificed, who offered uh, thanksgiving as his sacrifice, glorified the Father, glorified God. In the book of Romans chapter 1 at verse 21, there's an interesting statement that's made in regard to the Gentiles. He says of them, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. He ties the honoring of God with the giving thanks to Him there in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 21. You see, when we're thankful, we recognize that God exists we're acting on the reality of his life and the source um, uh, of the means of our blessing here. True thankfulness recognizes our total dependence on God. And as a result of that, we understand that everything coming from him is indeed a blessing for which we are truly to be thankful. Jesus gave thanks. So far this morning, we've talked about one person who was thankful. But if you noticed, the title of our lesson today is Two Thankful People. 
We've talked about one. Who's the other one, you say? Well, being read about one thankful guy in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, the ten lepers who came, uh, Jesus healed them. One of them came back. Nine of them went on their way. We could say that that guy's the, the other thankful guy, but that's not the guy that I'm talking about. That's not the other one. That's not the one that adds up to the two that I want us to think about this morning. The answer to the question, who's the other thankful person, is more personal than that. You see, we have to ask the question, am I the other thankful person? Are you this morning, you yourself, each one of us individually, are we that other thankful person. You see, we can be like Jesus. We need to be like Jesus. We have to be like Jesus if we want to be invited to live in the house of God eternally. Do we, like Jesus, give thanks? Four areas that we saw this morning, four areas that Jesus gave thanks, that's not the only times But those are four good examples. Do we give thanks like he did? Do we give thanks for the same reasons that he gave thanks? Are we like him? You see, we have to answer that question. And if we can't answer that question in the affirmative, that we give thanks like he did and for the same reasons that he did, maybe we're not that other person. But we can be. We need to be. We ought to be. Thanksgiving is more than just a day and a year. It's more than simply a a day when we have turkey and dressing as we started our lesson. Thanksgiving is a daily thing because we have a daily life with a daily Savior and a daily God who takes care of us every day. And every blessing that we have comes from God who looks after us every day, who sees the needs that we have every day, and who blesses us every single day. Are you the other thankful person? This morning, if you're not a Christian, you cannot say that you're the other thankful person because you haven't submitted your life in obedience to God. You haven't tried to become like Jesus. But you can before you leave. Believe in Him. Repent of the sins that you have in your life. Make the great confession. Be baptized. Leave here walking like Jesus walked. This morning, if you're away from God, if you've turned your back on Him, if some sin separates you from God this morning, you can't say you're the other thankful person. Because again, you're not like your Savior. It may be this morning that you need to come back to Him, that you need to repent of the sins in your life, confess them and be prayed for. We'll pray with you, we'll pray for you. And this morning, we want you to know that you can be that other thankful person. But you've got to answer that question. Two thankful people. One of them is Jesus. Who's the other? I hope it's you. I hope it's me. But if not this morning, maybe you need to make your life right with God. 
And if that's the case, why don't you do it right now? As together we stand and sing. Just as I am without one plea.